When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, Red or Dead listeners. Our recommended podcast is full of some of our favorite authors talking about their favorite books, including mystery author Attica Locke, who you've heard Katie and I rave about multiple times on this podcast. We wanted to share her amazing interview from season one with you as a special bonus episode. Season one of Recommended includes 12 episodes, and you can listen to them all right now. You can check it out and subscribe at bookriot.com slash recommended or on the podcatcher of your choice. And you can get ready for season two, which launches on May 16th. Enjoy. My name is Attica Locke and Jane Smiley's 13 Ways of Looking at the Novel is my recommended. The reason why it means so much to me is it came into my life as I was writing my first book. I just have since begun to feel like this book is like a kind of novel Bible for me. And I return to it every time I'm writing a book all the time. And I think the reason why it meant so much to me is that the book starts with this introduction from Jane Smiley. It was written in 2005, but she was talking about where she was in her life after the September 11 attacks and how discombobulated she was and how disconnected she felt from her work as a novelist and actually had those doubts. I think we heard from lots of artists about what does this really matter in the grand scheme of things when the nation is grieving in this big, big way. So she gave herself permission to walk away from the book she was writing at the time in order to read a hundred novels in a row and just contemplate the novel. What comes out of it in this book is a, a love letter to the novel There's some how-to stuff in there. She shares personal experiences about some of her books. And just her way of describing everything is so, not just humble, but a sense of making the novel writing seem possible. She talks about it being like such a democratic art form and it's cheap. It doesn't take anything but paper and a pencil and that you can learn so much just from the library, which is free. When I read that as a young Like, I couldn't even call myself a novelist at the time. When I read that, she just made me feel like, oh, my God, this is possible. I think I can actually pull this off. I cannot remember. I literally saw it on a shelf or I read a review of it. But either way, some part of me reached out to it because I was trying to look for some kind of guidance about this huge undertaking, you know, that I was doing. It's really a philosophical contemplation about what makes the novel special. But along the way, she says things like, literally, you're just putting one sentence in front of the other. Literally, the only way you can fail at a first draft is if you don't complete it. Those words are like goals to somebody who's just trying to figure it out for the first time. It has a tone of possibility. It kind of taught me that In the work that I'm doing, how I feel about the work when I'm doing it is not indicative of its quality. And I think before I really thought about that or heard that through her book, I thought that if I was writing a book and parts of it were dragging, clearly the book was a piece of crap. But now I understand better that I think our feelings as 
writers about the work that we're doing is informed by a lot of things and it doesn't really tell you how it will land with an audience. What's also cool about it is that in the back of the book, even though she said she starts it saying that she went on this journey to read a hundred novels, to contemplate the novel, at the back of the book, she has these own personal observations about a hundred books going all the way back to like middle March or like the first novel that was ever recorded in history. And she has these synopses about the book and where the book lands in our larger culture. So that's kind of fun to read those two. I revisit it before I start every book. I think the things that really matter to me about that book, I've deeply incorporated. I just want a refresher. I just want to, I don't know how to explain it. I love this book so much that I just, it's like a Bible for me. And as if, just as if you would go back to read old Bible verses that you already know, because it kind of lifts you up. I literally feel that way about this book and the novel. I'm trying to think how she puts it, but she describes it in, in the book in one little section that she has a big wheel and she calls it like a clock. All along this clock, she has different types of things that books can be. They can be a romance. They can be a travelogue. They can be a polemic. They can be a tall tale. They can be a biography. And she encourages you when you think about your book to think about which parts of these things are in your book so that you know if you're writing something that is a humor book, you have to have humor in it. If you think you're writing something that's about a travelogue or that's something that's meant to take you to a different place in time, you have to make sure that your book has those things. If your book has elements of biography, then you have to make sure. And so in my copy of this book, on this page with a big wheel, for every one of my novels, I put the initials of the novel next to the parts of this wheel that I think my book incorporates. So I still do that to this day. I am a proselytize. I proselytize all the time about this book. In fact, I feel like I've embarrassed myself. The couple of times I've been around Jane Smith, I've actually met her at events. I'm like an actual little puppy at her feet. First of all, she's like eight feet tall and I'm five feet tall. I really don't know how tall she is, but she's very tall and I'm very short. When I've met her, I've looked up to her and I just, your book, your book, your book. I mean, it just, it it just changed my life. I kind of cringe every now and then when I remember times I met her. Goofy, I acted, but I do bring it up to people a lot and I bring it up to people who are experiencing it, who are going through an experience that I was going through when I read it, which is you are trying to do this big new thing of writing a novel. And I just bring it up to people because I think it might offer them a sense of support. Thanks again to Attica Locke for joining us and recommending 13 Ways of Looking at a Novel by Jane Smiley. You can find Locke's newest thriller, Bluebird, Bluebird, published by Mulholland Books, wherever books are sold. You can also follow her on Twitter at Attica Locke.